Welcome to the first episode of Hudson Valley Hustle. This is a really good way to start this show. We have Heather Howley, who is the owner of Independent Helicopters. It's a helicopter charter and pilot training school in New Windsor and Saratoga. She's got a bunch of insights and advice for business people in this episode. I hope you enjoy. Let's get right into it. What's up, Heather Howley? Hey, how's it going? Good. Yeah. This is weird. It is weird. It's a different spot. Yeah. I know. It's usually it's used to be like in your hangar. This yeah. is where we're supposed to be, but it's a different background for sure. No helicopters. No, 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 no. <laughs> but you own some helicopters. I do. Yeah. And uh, you own independent helicopters. I do. And why don't you give the the origin story of how that came to be? It was like twenty five dollars. Yeah. Yeah. So I was twenty five years old, and with twenty five dollars, I got my DBA. Which looking back now, it's kind of like. God, a DBA was pretty scary to have with a bunch of helicopters, but I only had one helicopter. I used to take my little laptop bag into whatever conference room I could find and just set up shop and beg for students. <laughs> that was back in 2008, you know, when we were in somewhat of a crisis. So a very difficult time, I think, to start a business, but $25 DBA, leased the first helicopter and uh, almost lost the business for like the first three years. It was really, really hard. But uh, here we are now, 15 plus years later, and nine helicopters, two locations. It's pretty good. So from $25 to now. Yeah. So you started it in 2008? Yeah. So how how do you see people starting businesses now? Because I feel like it's a similar time now compared to 2008. So that's a really interesting question. I only say that because now I've started another business. <laughs> I'm a little bit, I'll, I'll say a serial entrepreneur. So um, I now help other businesses start their businesses as part of my coaching program that I have. So a lot of the people that I talk to that are starting businesses now, there's sort of a split 50-50, I'd say, of the type of people that are doing it. So half the people are have to have all my ducks in a row, have to have all the finances, the entire plan laid out before they start their business. Then there's the other half of the people, which I would say are more like me, whereas you jump and you build your wings on the way down. So they're like, I have this idea, this passion, I wanna do it, I'll do whatever it takes to get it done. So I'm seeing both sides of that, and the way that I, I coach them is very different, or mentor them is very different. But I don't know, I feel like the, the economy that we're in now, there's a lot more people that wanna start businesses now than don't. So there's like there's more competition now probably than there was 2008, maybe people, because the, the, the hustle culture and the side hustle culture is super popular now. Yeah where everybody wants to be an entrepreneur makes it a little more difficult for you to stand out. Well, yeah, and I think a lot of people don't wanna work for somebody anymore. They're like, oh, well, I could do this on my schedule, my time, the way I wanna do it, and still make a living. You know, There's still people that, that wanna work for somebody else, but I think a lot more people now are realizing that that's the road they wanna take, where they're in control of their lives. And yeah, it's definitely a hustle, for sure, to kind of get it up and running and, and consistently. I wanna talk about the challenges of that because that's, something that I feel like a lot of uh, business people don't talk about enough, especially in the in the hustle entrepreneur culture. They don't talk about the struggles, the things that are that are not the pretty side of doing your own thing and not having a boss and all of that. And I know you and I have talked about that plenty of times, but I think it's a good insight to have from a business leader like you. What are the things that entrepreneurs don't talk to young entrepreneurs about, but they should? Oh man, that list I think is um, never ending. Yeah, I think if, if someone had told me when I started my business, you know, that, that people were the hardest part, I don't know if I would have believed them. And I mean people in the, in the broad sense of it, like so staff 
and clients, right? So it's not just, you know, maybe you don't like the person driving in front of you, but it's literally the staff that you have can be challenging, making sure that they're happy, they're achieving the goals that they want to achieve. They're also providing whatever you need. So from a personal standpoint, you know, when I think about how I run my business, my own perspective on things is not necessarily someone else's. And I've learned along the way that clear communication and clear expectations are what really, you know, pave the path for them to be successful, my staff especially. So that's been a challenge, you know, from the beginning, because I wasn't always a great communicator. And even now, I always tell my staff, you know, I may not be the best communicating. So I'm not a mind reader. If you need something or if you have a better idea, please, my door is always open. Let's let's have a conversation. And I take the same approach with my clients. You know, if they're not happy, tell me. Like, I'd rather know than not know. Let me know what I can do to make it better because that's only going to help the business be more more successful. I think that's something that uh, people don't realize is like if, if, if you're working for somebody or you're, or you're working with somebody as a client, we do not know about problems that we don't know about, right? We're focused on the thing that we do, which is you know, taking care of clients, taking care of customers, taking care of business, taking care of employees. But like, if something's not brought to our attention, we're not to know about it. And I think that's something that probably anybody can learn from. To that point too, I mean, it's not just, you know, how can you help your staff and your clients, but there's all the regulatory side of things too, that like when I started my business, I had no idea about, you know, do I need a license? Do I need a permit? Do I need to pay insurance for this or taxes for that? Or what's the best way to do the accounting or the, any of the record keeping that you have to do? I had no idea when I first started. And so I've learned some things the hard way because I learned by doing or potentially getting in trouble. And that's how I've kind of made it through is just keeping an open mind and you can't know everything it's really hard and it's best if you have someone that's done it before you that can help you along the way or you have people you can ask questions to or your community that you surround yourself with that's always you know hopefully going to elevate you you can't know everything no it's it's impossible especially when you're starting when you're starting a business uh, one of my favorite books is The E-Myth, which I, I think, love that I think one. I've talked to you about. We talked about that book, uh, right? Yeah. Um, basically how most entrepreneurs start off as a technician, somebody mm-hmm. that's doing a particular job. They're a mechanic, they're a plumber, they're a pilot, mm-hmm. and they're sick of working for somebody and doing that job for somebody else. Well, if, if I'm so good at this job, I'm just going to go do it for myself. But when you start your business, you're not just the plumber or the, the mechanic or the pilot. Like you said, you're the accountant and the marketing manager and the HR department. And those are the things that you're not necessarily strong at because that's the business side of things. You're really good at doing that one thing, but you have to be good at doing all of those things unless you're able to bring in people to, to help you do that. And in the beginning, when you have $25, you just can't. No, no. That, and that's probably the hardest part. You know, I, I've tell people now, you know, when you start a business, a team is very important, but that doesn't necessarily mean people that you hire, right? So they could be people that you're, you know, contracting and whatever it is. So surrounding yourself with the right players really makes a difference because that's what's going to, you know, educate you, protect you, whatever else. But you know, have a relationship with your insurance agent, have a relationship with your banker, have a relationship with your social media person, whoever that is, you know, so those will make the difference, I think, in the business. you you had talked before about how some people, when they start out, they have this plan, right? <laughs> this perfectly written out plan. Mm-hmm. Nothing, they can't push play on anything before everything is accounted for. And then there's people like you and me who just say, I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna figure out a way to make it happen no matter what. In seeing so many businesses and being in business forever, 
which path do you think is better? So I will say, I mean, I have a, a bias, obviously, because I lean more towards the jump and build your wings kind of thing. But um, those that, that wait until they have all the education, all the ducks in a row, right? Sometimes there's that that block to it too. Like that's the hurdle. Like you're standing in your own way to getting it started. So I don't know. I feel like at some point, those people who want to get all their ducks in a row have to jump. They just have to jump. And there will be stumbles and the best laid plans sometimes don't work. So it's okay to make mistakes. That's where the learning happens. It's okay to fail because that's where the learning happens. There's always growth that comes from any failure. And sadly, as, as humans, you know, we learn from pain. So sometimes the lessons hurt and that's what we learn the best from. It's true. I think like the way that I was doing things eight, nine years ago when I first started are completely different yeah. to the way that I'm doing them now. And it's all because... When I, you know, I jumped into this, I had a rough, I, we all have a rough idea of what we're going to do and how we're going to make money, how we're going to get customers and all that. But the way that you start and the way that it is now are completely different because of all those pain points that you got along the way mm -hmm. and all the lessons that you learned along the way that you can't just have somebody tell you, at yeah. least for me, that's how I am. Well, yeah. I mean, I've had a business coach for God, 10 years now, and she's been instrumental in, in helping me grow, which I would definitely suggest to anybody, like get somebody that, that can mentor you along the way that has done it before, maybe that, that can help you. That's just my own personal thing. You had said something earlier that made me think of it. Now I don't remember what it was. Uh, oh, the way that you do things you know, now versus back then. I will say that the one thing that's been consistent with me from the beginning is the passion, right? So I have this um, love of helping others, serving other people, right? So the reason I started my business was to help all these bankrupt students that are bankrupt school students because they wanted to achieve their goal of flying. I wanted to help other pilots reach their goal or achieve their dream of being an aviator, right? So that has been consistent throughout my entire business career. And I think if you go into business with the idea of I'm going to make millions and millions of dollars and that's the only reason you're going into business, you're missing the mark. I think there has to be something that pushes you that's a lot deeper than that. That's going to that's the consistency that keeps you going because you will have good days and you will have really bad days. And it's that passion that you're like, OK, I'm going to go back in and oh, now I have this one client that now I've made an impact in their life and I can see it. That's what keeps me going. So you have to have that passion. I think if you don't have that, then why are you even in business? True. I think that that's a really good point because I, I, the one thing that stayed consistent for me is help the clients, right? right? How we do it changes, you know, year to year, I feel like, at least in my business of mm -hmm. marketing and, and media. But if you're, if the goal is steady, everything else will kind of fall into place. Yeah. You might have to do things differently. You might, you know, might, you know, waste money. You might waste time. You might learn things, make mistakes. But if you keep that goal in mind, everything else will kind of fall into place. Yeah. To that same point, I just want to add this too. You know, I, I tend to give everything away. Like I'm like, oh, well, they need help. And I, it's just my time and I'll give up my time or, oh, like it's just sim time or it's just ground. So some of the things that don't necessarily cost me a lot of money, I'm like, I'll just do that for them because it'll help them. But what I've learned over the years is that that's not always the best for two reasons. One, it's it exhausts me, right? So now I don't have enough energy to give to people that are potentially paying me for a service that really need my attention and, and my energy. Um, and two, the people that are getting that service for free maybe don't value it as much anymore either. You know, so they're like, oh well, she always just gives it away, and I don't really have to pay attention because it doesn't cost me anything, right? So. If there's no perceived value of whatever service you're giving, then there's less, um, I don't know, desire to get it, essentially. 
people don't value things that are free. Like that's basically like that's that's what it comes it's down to. It's a weird to. thing to say, you know, because yeah. I, free is for me, you know, like I love anything that's free and, and I've lived my life on, you know, where can I find the, the greatest deal? Because that's how you survive in business, right? You find every angle that you can you can take. But I do find with clients especially that if if I give it all away, there's no value to it then. You know, and so I've learned and it's been a very difficult lesson for me, but over time that my time is valuable and so I, I need to stick with that. That's not to say don't give. Of course, but, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have to, yeah, but you have to kind of ride the line a little bit because yeah. you can give too much and then, like you said, people devalue it. And um, I mean, I, I I forget, I forget who it was, but uh, some motivational speaker, I forget who it was, but like basically was talking about how we don't value things that are free. Like if you look at our, our like our minds and our bodies, they're free. We don't take care of them, right? People, most people, Some most, people do. <laughs> most people don't take care of the, yeah. the, the biggest piece of value that you have, which was given to you for free. But as soon as we pay for something, we associate value with it. Mm -hmm. We associate pain with, with, with it to give money for something. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, it's just an interesting point how people don't value things that are free usually. Yeah. Um, what do you, so you do tours, you teach potential pilots, um, you work for uh, utility companies and keeping our electricity and gas going. Mm -hmm. What else do you do in the world of helicopters that people should know about? That's a good memory to remember all the things that I do. Um, so we also do- it's been 10 years. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, we also do aerial photography. Um, we do special events. I mean, I flew into my own wedding, which was really fun. We do proposals and things like that. Um, I think you said tours. So we do like fall foliage tours are my favorite. So if I could do those year round, I wish I could, but it's not obviously fall year round. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, tours are fun. We do a lot in New York City. We also do charter back and forth. So if you have to get to JFK or LaGuardia, like we take you down there, which is awesome. Um, my favorite thing, which we don't do a lot of for good reason, um, is helicopter paintball, where we actually like shoot people where the aerial support to the paintball games, which is really fun. Um, but yeah, a little bit of everything, uh, whatever I can sort of get my hands on with the helicopter we try and do. And I allow all my staff to do it too, unlike most flight schools where you're just a flight school, we do everything. I feel like there's a there's this perception, at least I, I had this, is like flying helicopters is for rich people. Yeah, a lot of people have that perception. But is that true? I feel <laughs> no, like. <laughs> no. So I will say, you know, if we talk about the flight school as, as one entity and then the commercial operations as another. So the flight school, if you're going to go and become a professional pilot, you're going to spend as much with flight school as you would going to a college. So you won't have a college degree when you're done, but you'll be able to get a job as a pilot, right? So where do you want to go? I think a lot of more students now are, are switching over to that technical side as opposed to, you know, the degree side. So mm -hmm. I don't see anything wrong with just becoming a pilot and not having a degree. Um, I went to school for, for biology first and then aviation science after that. So I have, I have two degrees, but that's just because that's how I afforded to pay for my flight training. I had to get student loans out for that. Um, so that's one side. The commercial side of the house, um, yeah, there's, there's so much that we can do there. <laughs> yeah, and the people that come for that are, are very, very, very different. And it's interesting because both, if I think about the clients for both of them, they both have this love of either trying new things or um, just having a really great experience. You know, I'm actually really afraid of heights. <laughs> I think I think you are too. You went what, a whopping two feet up in the air. And I was screaming the whole way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, but I love that. I love that thrill of, you know, trying something new and, and potentially being scared of it. I think that's what a lot of people come to us for. 
So your, your business is obviously very unique. I mean, helicopters, aviation, it's very unique. It's a very niche type of a type of industry. How do you get customers? Hmm. How do you get clients? Where do they come from? How do you do that? So that's been probably our biggest struggle from day one, because we can cast a very, very big net. And then that's it's hard because you can spend a lot of money and not get a lot of return. So what I've done instead is when we have an event going on, I'll market that because that makes sense. When we have summer camp, for example, going on, I'll market that. That tends to work really well. If I just send a giant ad out and hope to get somebody, it's not as successful because the, our, our client is so diverse. I mean, you could have a mom and kids that wants to do stuff. You could have, you know, an adult man who wants to learn how to fly. You could have a couple that wants to do a proposal or a wedding or whatever. So the age range is, you know, from I'd say 13 to 70, you know, of all, it doesn't matter. Like it's just so hard to figure out like who exactly our demographic is. I'll tell you who normally comes to us is 35 to 55 year old men, <laughs> you know, because that's just what aviation brings. That's, that's the society norm. Um, but I try not to just market to that because I think there's so much more that we can do. For me, it's worked to really pinpoint the focus on one thing that we do and just hit that really hard. And then one other thing that we do and hit that really hard as opposed to cast the big net. Yeah, I think that's a mistake that a lot of companies make. It's like, I have to appeal to everybody. And that's that's a mistake. I mean, you, you don't. You, it's, you, have to, you have to, like you said, focus on one type of client or avatar at one time, mm -hmm. dominate that. And then when you have that one steady, then move on to the next if you can. Yeah. I will say now, like what we have going on, I think this is the best uh, marketing that we've ever had. Like, I, truly. And I mean, we use you guys. So... <laughs> Not to pro promo, promo you, sure. but like, seriously, like this is over the 10 years that we've worked together, like we're finally at a point, and I would say over the last three years, maybe four years, it's been getting really, really good. But because we've finally figured out the secret, you know, like what works really well. And I won't say that I figured it out because I don't, I just make videos like you do all the work. <laughs> so yeah, it's been great. Shameless plug. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, what do you, so what, what, just so people, because people don't know what it is that you do if they've never seen you before. So what, what is that thing that you've found so successful? And it's not just us, but like what part of it specifically? For the marketing? Yeah. Um, wow. Um, what one thing? That's tough to say, like one thing. So I will say that it probably started when you were telling me to go on TikTok. And I hated the idea. I did not want to be on TikTok. I really, I'm not like social media has been phenomenal for our business. It's not my favorite. And that's just because I feel like I could get lost in it, you know? And so I have a whole, my whole other opinion on it. But I think when we started doing TikTok, that's when it sort of like the door opened. And I was like, oh, everything's sort of falling into place now. This is pretty cool. And then we started doing the TikTok lives and people were really engaged with that. And then from that and getting real people's conversations and questions, we were able to create content geared towards that that now appeals to the masses. So I think it was when we did the TikTok that really started that transition for me. Yeah, I think uh, that's another thing that many business owners don't realize how powerful that could be. It helped for you because I think you went viral like day two or yeah, something like that. It was like, like the that. second video, yeah. I think that helped. Uh, but I think, what what advice would you give to a business owner or an entrepreneur that is anti-TikTok or, or, or just anti-social media in general because they either they just don't understand or they think they're too, you know, they think it's too young or, or what do you say to that? I mean, look at the world we live in, 
right? Like, I don't think you can get away from it at this point. And I mean, even my, my coach who I use, you know, I, I employ her and she's, she hates social media. She doesn't want to do social media at all. And now she's starting to get back into it because she realizes that she has to, because that's where everyone is. Everyone's online right now. You can have a website, you can go out to networking things and do all these things, but inevitably people are going to look for you on social media. You're going to, your video is going to pop up somewhere or your picture is going to pop up somewhere. And then it's going to be down the rabbit hole because that's what happens. I will say though, YouTube has been like the next up and coming, if not already been there, obviously. But I've noticed a lot more traction with YouTube. So it's not just social media, but they all feed each other. So it's all these online resources that will feed each other that now just promote your online presence in general, which will get your name out there, get your face out there to potentially get new clients. Yeah, there's, uh, like you said, it's all it all works together, and there's there's multiple platforms now that give you that opportunity to get discovered. Because I mean, that's essentially what happened, right? Like, we started creating a couple of short pieces of video, and then you got discovered. Not mm -hmm. not us, you did, right? Your helicopters, your business, mm -hmm. you got discovered, and it blew up essentially overnight. Like over a couple of weeks, it was just explosive. Yeah. I think people don't realize that that's possible for them. Well, and, I mean, you didn't really, really realize it either until we started getting it, but. But I'll say it's content too, right? So it's not just where you're posting and, and stuff like that, but it's what you're posting. And I only say that because I have a, a guy that I know that posted something, we were talking about growing his business and whatever, and he's like, okay, I'm gonna go back out there and do social media. And he posted these these pictures that didn't make any sense with the context that he wrote. And I was like, I, I don't understand your message. And a lot of things that I tell my, my coaching clients now is, you know, take the customer journey. So if you're gonna be looking for someone like you, what are you looking at? What do you look, where are you looking for it? What do you wanna see? What kind of information, what would make you push the button to do the next step? You yeah. know, and I think that customer journey is important. But again, like, I don't even know what my content is until you guys show up and we're like, okay, we're just gonna, you know, do all this stuff. And I think if I was left to my own devices without help, then I don't think I'd be as successful. You might've fallen into that trap of like, oh, just do this. It might not make sense, but I got to get something up. And like, I feel like, uh, again, it goes back to the thing of, it's free if you do it on your own, but if you pay somebody to do it, it's a little bit more valuable to you. So you put a little bit more effort, a little bit more time, and you want to make sure that it actually works. Um, but what you said before was that the content is what matters, right? Yeah. Like what you're posting, not necessarily where you're posting, but what you're posting. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going to stop on you unless what you have to say or do is interesting enough for them to stop. Yeah, exactly. And like you need a call to action, right? So you can post 500 photos of helicopters and things and people are like, yeah, that's really cool. But there's nothing that, that makes them want to take the next step. So it's what you post that is gonna get that next step. Yeah, what um, what advice do you have for your students and for anybody that is tr is where you were 15, was it 15 years ago? Yeah, 15 years ago. Almost 16 now. Yeah, it's yeah. scary. Yeah. What do you have to say to somebody that's you 16 years ago that you know now that you wish you knew back then? Mm. Wow, that's a really tough question. Um, what would I tell my myself 16, I'll say myself 16 years ago. Um, I don't know, like I feel like I had to learn those lessons the way I learned them, otherwise I wouldn't have learned them. So I don't know if I would necessarily tell myself anything. I think um, getting out there, like for me, if I had started networking in the business community sooner, then I could have been better. You know, then I mm. could have grown faster because I really feel like it's the connections that have grown my business. 
It's who I know, not what I know, which is what I tell everybody, you know, even if they're going for a job somewhere else, it's who you know, not what you know, and how you present yourself, you know, like, show up professional, show up with kindness and gratitude, you know, and network. I think that's the only piece because I, I didn't I didn't know everything when I started the E-Myth Revisited, though, like that book. I read that. I think I don't know. I was probably year five in business. And that totally shifted my view on what I could be doing with my business. Yeah. Yeah. It's the uh, the saying is, if you want to go fast, go alone. If mm. you want to go far, go together. Yep. yep. Right. That's, that's a good one. Basically. That's it, yeah. right? You can't. You can do it alone. You might get there quicker, but it's so hard. Listen, the the entrepreneurial path is a lonely path. You know, not everyone does it, and it's hard. And I mean, I can't tell you how many times my friends and family just weren't there for me, and I thought that they would be. And mm. it's it's okay that it's a lonely path because that's where the growth happens. Yeah, I think I have a one of my best friends uh, is is a business owner, pretty successful, and we talk about it all the time. It's like this is. You can't talk about things like I can't talk about things that I can talk with you about with other people they because they it. just won't understand. No. They just don't get it. I you, you, did you have a lot of naysayers and like people oh. that were like you're oh. insane. Listen, I'm a woman in a man dominated field. Like I, I fly helicopters for a living. Like I, from day one, even my own parents. Well, I shouldn't say both of them. My mother was like, "You can't fly. Or it's not for you." When I started the business, so I had one person, Gary Boyce, who told me. You can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. You should go after it. He's the only person in my life when I started my business who said, go for it. Everyone else was like, it costs too much money. It's too dangerous. How are you going to do it? You know, the other school just went bankrupt. You know, who are you? And so many people. And as I've gone along, I get the same. It doesn't end. <laughs> it just changes. And, and, you know, your attention to it changes. I, I For me... When somebody, because I had a lot, same thing. A lot of people tell me like, you're insane for doing this. You're leaving a six figure job to go do this. You have no idea what you're doing. I've even had people say like, you know, I've tried it and it failed. So what makes you think it's like, mm -hmm. oh, so nobody can be successful because you weren't. I took that and I was like, that's fuel. Same. Those same. people that are like, what, you're insane. I use, that's fire under mm -hmm. my ass. Mm -hmm. Because I'm like, it's either going to work or it's going to work. There's no, yeah. there's no option. And you know what? And this is what I tell people all the time. Like, what's the worst thing that could happen? You fail. Okay, cool. Do it again. What did you learn? Like, it, it doesn't, how bad do you want it? That's, so when I meet with Girl Scout groups now, that's the thing that I leave them with is like, if you want something bad enough, you will find a way to make it happen. If you don't, you're only going to make excuses. True. So if you really want your business and you want it to succeed, there's nothing that will stand in your way. Where are the people now that told you you were insane? Because the people that told me that I was insane are exactly where they were 10 years ago. Yeah, pretty much. I'm not where, where I no. was 10 years ago. I'm way beyond where I was 10 years ago. So I'll use my mom as an example, and I probably shouldn't. She's going to hate me for this. But um, so when I first started, my mom was like, oh, it's dangerous. You're going to kill yourself. You know, we just spent all this money for your biology degree. Why would you? Which, by the way, I've paid for all of it. So like, whatever. But she's like, you can't do it, can't do it, can't do it. And she was the first person that I took up in the helicopter. And she screamed and didn't want to do it. And it was really hilarious for me because I really enjoyed making her scream. <laughs> um, but now out of everyone, like she reposts everything that I post on social media. She is so proud and a huge supporter. But I find it funny that she was probably the, the one who told me no the most in the beginning. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I, my thing, and, and I hate to say that, like I proved her wrong, but like that was sort of like you said, the fuel. It's like, well, watch me then. You know, tell me I can't watch me. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's. I, I think that's just such a good piece of advice for anybody. Try, anybody trying to do something that's out of the norm. You know, my my dad always used to tell me when I was a kid, observe the masses and do the opposite. Interesting. Like always, that's one of the things that I could just remember from my childhood. My dad would always tell me that: observe the masses, do the opposite. And like, hasn't hasn't failed me yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's, you know, most people are going in in a path, and that's cool for them. But it wasn't for me. Yeah, it wasn't for me. So my thing is like, if you're happy doing what you're doing, then do whatever you, that makes you happy. You know what I mean? So if you like working for somebody else, cool. That's that's sure. your groove. Do that. I'm not telling everyone that they need to be entrepreneurs by any means, but. If you feel called to, you know, do what your life's purpose is, what are you waiting for? Seriously. What's the worst thing that's going to happen? <laughs> yeah. You, you learn. You flew helicopters. I mean, <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, like, yeah. that's, again, I, not, know, not knowing who you were, it's like, I think that's such a, that's such a wild business to start. Yeah. So, like, if, if you could do it and mm-hmm. learn all the lessons you learned along the way, mm-hmm. anybody can do it. If they're willing to... You know. It takes a lot of grit. Yeah. Like grit is always the word I come back to. Like you got to have that grit to get through it. Yeah. That passion. That's what's going to keep you going. And you know, I was saying earlier, if I, if I remember the, the passion stuff. So when you get into those low spots, you know, which inevitably happen, like remembering why you're doing this is important. But I also have like a lot of other little like tools that I use. Like sometimes it's like going out for a walk in the woods. Sometimes it's listening to fun music or like dancing in my kitchen, like just random, stupid, silly stuff because you have to shift the mindset because if you stay low, it's really hard to get back up. Mm. And it happens, you know, when you own your own business, it's sometimes the lows are pretty low and it's really hard. Yeah. And there's nobody there that's pulling you out there's of it. There's nobody there and nobody's gonna be like, okay, so you have to go to work today. Nobody's gonna do that for you you have to do it yeah. yeah it's sometimes sometimes getting into those low spots though is where you grow the most mm-hmm. because you know i can remember uh a time where you know i had a client pull a hundred thousand dollars in a year mm-hmm. just like that mm-hmm. vanished what the hell am i gonna do mm-hmm. and you figure out ways and honestly you know if things like that don't happen i think you can get complacent oh yeah a hundred percent easily you need that little like I, the constriction before the expansion yeah absolutely because again like you're just kind of cruising along you're happy things are going good you take the growth where you can you grow where you can and then something like that earth shattering happens that's where the real growth mm-hmm. happens and it did and that's mm-hmm. you know but it's a choice you know it's still a choice do you want to grow from that or do you want it to kill you you know or kill the business and it's easy to let it. It's, oh, e- it's very easy to yeah. let it. Cause like, I, I remember for like two days, I was like, I couldn't sleep. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, okay, what? I got to this point. What am I gonna do now to get out of it? Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, still here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, we, we all have massively tragic stories like that, I'm sure, that really shifted the trajectory of the business. Yeah. yeah. And the ones that are still here, we know that they did something correctly to, mm-hmm. to get out of it. So. Mm-hmm. This is freaking awesome. Yeah. This is like fun. <laughs> like, this is like, this is good. I feel like we could just keep going. And I know. Going. This is, no, this is yeah. good. Is there anything else that you want to touch on before? Like, mm. I, I don't, the, you, you, you bring a lot of, you bring a lot of value to anybody that's trying to start something because you're, I think your story alone is like, is very valuable to people because it's very unique. It's, it's, you know, how many people start helicopter school is number one, but yeah. you know, just the way that you did it. And I think it's incredibly inspiring to anybody that wants to, do something, take that leap and, you know, don't, don't be afraid to do it. And you don't have to have 
every single duck in a row. You don't have to. If you wait for perfection, you're probably never going to do it. There's no such thing as perfection, right. though. If you think about it, there really isn't. It's it's always a work in progress. Think about yourself, right? Your your personality, your body, all everything is a work in progress. It's never we're never done until we're in the grave. Yikes! Really? That's a, that's a yeah. But it's true. Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah. If you're not if you're not moving forward, you're you're dying basically yeah I mean, what do i say if you're not growing you're dying i think is what i say all the time yeah very similar yeah yeah it's good yeah that's good stuff i don't know if i have anything else to add yeah i i the only other thing that comes to mind right now is you know because we're sort of on that track of like if you're not growing you're dying um is like always look for something else like like what else could you be learning how else could you be serving you know what else could you be helping yeah just Creativity for me is, is my lifeblood. So how do I keep growing? In what ways? I mean, it's why I started writing the children's book. That's why I have the coaching business now. That's why I have the online course. I, I think I have five or six businesses and it's like, I don't want to stop. Mm. I love it. I get fueled by it. And that's what keeps me going is, is this creativity, this what's next kind of mentality. I like to still sit back and reflect and, and take that time as well. But man, that creativity is what keeps me going. Like I yeah. have to have that growth. But you stop to enjoy though, right? Like you, you have to. Like yeah. You, you, I think that's something too that you, you have to do. I, I, the this culture of like grind twenty four seven. I think that's a little on un- personally. I think it's a little unhealthy personally. I used to be that person. I used to, and I would say probably over the last maybe three years, maybe five at most. I've really started to take a step back. Where I'm like, okay, no, I'm only going to work six days a week instead of seven. Or like just recently this year, I'm like, nope, I'm only doing five days a week now instead. But I do make sure that I take vacations. So like, I mean, I'm going to Peru for most of April this year, which would be fun, you know, or all these little trips that I, that I try and take just to get away. I find going out of the country is the best thing for me because then no one can reach me. <laughs> nice. But um, yeah, I think I used to do the grind. And now I've realized that a, it's not serving me, right? And B, it's probably not healthy. So if I, if my cup is full, I can fill other people's cups is the way I look at it. So if I take the time for myself, whatever that may look like, maybe I don't go until 10 o'clock in the morning. Maybe I'm done at four o'clock in the afternoon, or maybe I take two days, three days off a week. Whatever I need is what I need to do. And I need to have the grace and the you know kindness for myself to be able to do that and to hold that boundary. That's has been in the past the hardest thing for me is holding a boundary so i'm like oh but they need me oh but i could be doing this oh but you know and everyone pulls everyone's like oh but i need a little piece of you to do something mm-hmm. and holding that boundary i think has been the hardest until literally this year i've learned to be like i can't do that anymore mm-hmm. i don't know if it's age or just wisdom or you know time and business that i've like nope this is this is the line yeah i mean in the beginning you have to you have to I think especially if you have like a partner or a significant other, they have to understand that when you're starting something, how much it actually takes to do it. Well, and they need to support you too. Right. Like I watched my, my dad started his own business. My mother was not super supportive of it and it failed and it was really hard for him. It was really hard for them. So I think mm-hmm. having a supportive partner is really, really important. And they do need to understand that if you're going to embark on this journey of starting your own business and being an entrepreneur, it takes a lot. It takes a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But you have to, but again, I, I learned pretty early on, you have to put the boundary up Yeah. because, you know, I would have, I would have clients messaging me at, you know, nine, 10 o'clock at night and expecting an answer yep. and like on the weekends and everything. I was like, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. This is my business. I don't work for anybody. I have clients, which we serve, 
but we have to set up a boundary where like, you know, I have new clients too. I tell them, I'm like, this is when we work. Mm -hmm. This is when you can reach us. Mm -hmm. We're here for you. But if, if I don't get back to you at 7 p.m. at night, it's because I'm having dinner with my family or don't call me on a Sunday because I will not answer your call. I literally, my phone goes into do not disturb when I leave the office. Like, I think it's 8 o'clock at night now. It goes in do not disturb, doesn't come out till 6 o'clock in the morning. So if you text me after 8, I will not respond. And people will. Like, I still get it, even though I've set the boundary mm -hmm. and I've told them, like, I won't respond to you, whatever. So they just text anyway, and then yeah. I don't respond. And sometimes I'm, not to be spiteful, but I'm like, I'm not going to respond even in the morning now because <laughs> you've crossed that line. Yeah. And then, like, I'll usually see them the next day, and I'll be like, okay, so let's talk about not texting me at 8 o'clock at night. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, it, it's, a, it's a mixed bag of, of reactions when I when I do that because like some some people be like oh okay well I, I work all the time so that's why I just you know it's like okay great that's how you work that's awesome it's not how I work it's not how my team works mm -hmm. I don't expect that from anybody um, and then I have others that are like whoa that's actually really interesting because I, I wish I could do that and it's like well, you, you can yeah you could you could totally do that yeah. you're, if, if you're calling the shots you could but I think you have to get to a certain point, you know, to be able to say, oh, that's okay for me to do that. Or your mindset has to shift to be like, oh, right, I can do that. True. You know, and some people, like, took me 15 years to get yeah. to this point, you know. Sure. And it goes back to, like, I just want to make everybody happy, which now I realize is an impossible thing to do. <laughs> yeah. You, can, you can't make everyone happy, but... You no, if, you can't, if, if you're not taking care of yourself, you cannot take care of anybody else. If your cup's not full, you can't fill anyone else's. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Isn't that why they say, like, on, on airplanes to do your mask, yes. right? <laughs> the, the whole, like, when the masks come down, do yours before you do your kids, right? Yep. That kind of thing. Because you can't take care of anybody unless you're fully taken care of. Mm -hmm. so, exactly. so take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Then take care of your business. And routine. <laughs> Keep a routine. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about you, but routine is like saved my life. Like yeah. certain routines. Yeah. yeah. Because there's, there's still like, I still get excited to wake up in the morning and not really know like what could happen. I still kind of like that. I think that's what gets mm -hmm. me out of bed in the morning too. It's like, it's a new day to do something different. I, yeah. I guess for me, like every time I fly, cause the, the scenery is always different that that's where my excitement is. But my routine is like, I get up, I do my workout, I have my coffee, I go in, you know, whatever. So that's the routine I'm talking about, you know, nice. as opposed to the exact same thing every day. Cause yeah. I don't necessarily do that. I don't think you, you don't, you're not the type of person who could do the exact same thing nope. every day. No, yeah, no. That's why I fly helicopters. There you go. Cause it's always different. There you yeah. go. Mm -hmm. Well, if somebody wants to fly a helicopter, where can they go? <laughs> I feel like we're doing one of our videos. Um, <laughs> links in the bio. Yeah, links <laughs> in the bio. Uh, independenthelicopters.com uh, or Independent Heli on really any social media. Yeah, so we're out there. That's cool. Or just come visit us at Stewart or Saratoga because we've got two locations. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Well, this has like been a fun like first conversation, especially not knowing where yeah. any of it's going to go. I know, you're like, eh, screw the notebook. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm like, I just, yeah, I'm like, why, why, yeah. why? I didn't even intend on like doing that. I just wanted to like, I just wanted to talk and mm -hmm. I think this definitely like, definitely hit it on the head. So yeah, anything we went else? to a lot of places for sure. Yeah, but that's, yeah. isn't that, but that's, but that's my brain though, by the way, all day long, it jumps from this to this, to mm -hmm. this, this, I don't want to do this. And I feel like you're, I, I think you're, <laughs> people also, they always ask me, they're like, do you have ADHD? And I'm like, I, I don't think so. I don't. I don't know, but like talking to you, it makes me feel better. Cause I'm like, oh, you're kind of just like me, like yeah. with this whole, and I don't think you have ADHD. I just think we're, I don't know. There's a certain breed. It's just always going, <laughs> yeah. just always going on to the next thing. So, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, well, thanks for, thank thanks you for, for having this. me. This is, yeah. this is, this is great. Yeah. Hustle. Yeah. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> See you soon. Cool.